This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, and Tinsley Law and Title. Their sponsorship makes it possible for me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by visiting each of their Facebook pages. Hello friends, this is Michael from Hannigan Media and I am in the brain center of Athens ISD with um, Dr. Janie Sims. Okay, so acting superintendent, loan finalist, what, 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 what title do I use? Right, it's, it's officially now acting superintendent. Acting superintendent, yes. but this week you were named the loan finalist for the position uh, by the school board, which means that's something that the state requires. Correct. And there are now 21 days before they can officially hire you, correct? That's correct. That's state law. Yeah, and that's usually for when organizations want to pick somebody and they might not know them. That's, that's correct. Another 21 days just to vet them and make sure some of those kinds of things. That's absolutely right. All right. I'm going to go ahead and guess the school board already knows you. <laughs> I think so, yes. <laughs> How long have you been in Athens? I just finished my 20th year in Athens. 20 years at Athens ISD. Yes. All right, and quite a range of jobs inside of Athens ISD. Absolutely. I had someone contact me just this morning and said, you've literally touched every rung of the ladder uh, you know, through this process. It's true. I, I was a classroom teacher. Uh, first hired at South Athens Elementary, and I spent four years there. And then uh, I was appointed the assistant superintendent, excuse me, the assistant principal at what was then intermediate, and then I became the principal at intermediate. And then uh, for a, about a half a year, almost a year, I had a dual role. Uh, I was the principal at South and the curriculum director for the district, which was a, a very challenging uh, time. And so then eventually I was appointed the curriculum director and then assistant superintendent, deputy superintendent, and now acting superintendent. That, that is every rung. It's every, literally the, every the, rung. The only thing I didn't hear was like clean out the locker room. <laughs> and when you're the assistant principal and even the teachers were cleaning out locker rooms. Okay, so just, there just you no go. Just no title. <laughs> so there you go. The job got done, just didn't have the title. All right, so um, I you know, reaching superintendent, the level of superintendent for a school district um, has to be a goal uh, that that you've had on your horizon or look at for a long time. Um, and so congratulations. Thank you. And on the other hand, considering the time that you're coming to the superintendent's chair, I, I have to say condolences. <laughs> because this yeah. has to be the most challenging time for education in Texas. Un undoubtedly. I've never seen anything like it. It's crazy. And it so is. today someone asked uh, on, on one of my sites, is school going to open? Because no one's quite sure. So I'm going to ask you. Okay. Tell us what's going on with that. Is school going to open this year? Yes, it is going to open. We, um, we have been meeting regularly for weeks uh, with principals and other district leaders planning just met yesterday where we have a plan a b c d e we have lots of different contingency plans the commissioner of education mike morath 
began conducting twice weekly um, Zoom meetings and conference calls with superintendents across the state back in March. And so twice a week, every Tuesday and every Thursday, uh, for about an hour, he gives us the latest information. And so um, what we do know is, as the governor's, the last time the governor spoke about schools is that he felt schools would be safe to open. Um, but they're putting together some guidelines for us and they've been for about three weeks now saying it's coming soon, it's coming soon. And, and as of yesterday, they were, we were expectantly, you know, we were waiting expectantly and he said, I'm sorry, we're just st still not quite ready to roll that out. And so you can imagine every school in the state is uh, tense and sitting on pins and needles just waiting to see what that final guidance would look like, whether they say uh, you all have to start on one specific date or I don't believe they'll do that. They're they're pretty big on local control, so I, I really believe they'll give you know school districts the ability to start whenever they feel they can, especially since some parts of the state are much harder hit with the with the virus than, than others, and so that would give us a little more leeway there. Uh, but there could be additional guidance. About a month ago, the guidance was uh, we had to measure every classroom, the square footage in every classroom, and they were um, going to uh, give us a limit of how many children could sit in a classroom based on square footage. And we had many, many districts throughout the state. I know there were a lot of rural area districts that the superintendents were just panicked because uh, they have older buildings that don't meet guidelines and there was just no way they could get, you know, even 10 children in a, in a classroom. And so we did hear uh, yesterday that it, it's likely that they will loosen that one particular guideline. It was going to be tough for us in some of our in some of our rooms, but for the most part Athens is in good shape uh, as far as square footage. Other challenges that we're facing and they haven't cleared cleared up for us, transportation is a huge issue. That's one I keep on huge. hearing and thinking about. I mean, so you're going to have buses with like what 10 kids on it i think 13 13, 13 is the is the number 13 i We're gonna a, have to start picking up kids at midnight oh yeah and and there's just and so many of our children and students ride the bus sure uh, and so one of the suggestions that came out of the state just in talking was well you may parents may need to carpool and to me i'm thinking what's the difference in carpooling four or five children in one vehicle than having them sit two rows apart in a in a bus so they they've been very quiet on that for about two weeks so we're, we're anxiously awaiting guidance on on the buses right well and then you start with the idea that okay so if you have parents who are going to say i'm not going to put my child on a bus right. even if i am sending them to school right you already have long lines at the drop we off do. those are going to double and triple they in this will. particular case they will. We'll have to be prepared. Maybe do some staggering starts. We're looking at we're looking at every option. Sure. Right now. So uh, one of the things that we talked about before we we hit record is the fact that this we're going to cover a whole lot of stuff in this particular podcast, this particular interview. Um, and you said one of the reasons is because it's June, and June is the beginning. You know, June is when we do a lot of things so that we have all of July to get ready and implement and things. That's correct. Um, and, and what I'm hearing is that July is going to be very, very, very hectic around here as you try to figure out how to implement what comes down from the state. It will absolutely be uh, all hands on deck 
every moment, and July will be a, a huge planning month for us. Our our fiscal year ends in June, so we have all of that flurry of activity, sure. uh, in, you know, ending one year and then getting ready to, to begin the new year in July. And then, of course, we start school earlier. We're starting the with, with students the, the first Monday of August, and so we really have to to we have a very short span uh when july 6th comes around Uh, and and you know the school district has already been affected by covid19 had to shut down the uh part of the summer athletic program you know they all the kids all go and work out and do their thing every year which i love because that's usually a chance for me to go hang out with the coaches and take some picture kids (laughs) Do stuff like that, but how to shut that down because uh, some positive tests. Yeah, we had one, and then I, I visited with Coach Harrell yesterday. We have a they have a plan, a really solid plan. I think that we're going to attempt to reopen for uh, on July the sixth. But this time, we'll just concentrate on those incoming tenth, eleventh, and twelfth graders, right. uh, because as of now, UIL um, indicates that we will have a football season. Uh, we're just we're still again waiting on their final word, but they haven't said we're not, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna put the groups in even even smaller groups. Coach Harrell has got a great plan for that, and so we can maintain them distancing from everyone else, and we'll we'll go again on July sixth. That's got to be one of the most difficult points about this because I understand my readers, my listeners, they want answers, which is very understandable. But being the guy that's kind of in between, I see the fact that it's really hard to have a definitive answer when you don't have a definitive guideline to meet yet. Absolutely. Uh, Like, how can you make a plan when no one has told you what the goal is yet? That's exactly right. And that's where the school district actually stands right now. We do. Now, they put out, um, at the end of May, the commissioner uh, and the CDC and the governor's office. The the commissioner of education. Yes, the commissioner, uh, governor's office, CDC guidelines. They put out guidelines for us for summer school. And so uh, the guidelines were strict for summer school. And so on those weekly calls, the the, uh, superintendents were asking is this what is this is this a hint as to what fall is going to look like? And our answer was, I would use it as a baseline, but it could be less restrictive if the COVID cases, uh, you know, if they level off, or it could be more restrictive. And so that's the that's the the most recent guidance we've had. Look at what we did for summer school, which was very restrictive. Could be more or less. And so that's that's really tough yeah. to to yeah. make a plan. We're going to be we're going to err on the side of caution, and we're going to, you know, we're our principals met yesterday. We 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 want to do some things to make sure that we protect the health of our staff and our students. And so, uh, but yes, it's very very difficult to and make I an know instructional that's plan. Be, that's got to be the the goal. Absolutely, health and safety. absolutely. All right. So um, one of the things that. Um, the school district has rolled out and actually rolled out last week, I think it was, um, that may be a big part of how you move forward is your virtual academy. Would you just talk about that for a second? Sure. And, and even so, I think education has probably changed the way we've always known it. I suspect innovation comes in times of crisis really often. And so I, I think the way we've had to... to uh, quickly move to an online platform in the spring, uh, we will do that much better 
this fall, and there'll be there's already more guidelines on that. Uh, and so we're we'll be sending out a survey actually on Monday to all our parents. That's two parts. One is we need to to uh, to try to understand their level of connectivity at right. the home. Sure. And then the other part is we want to get some idea of how comfortable our parents are in sending their children, you know, back to school in an actual school building uh, once school rolls out. So we want to we, we need to learn those two things. What we're what we're suspecting is that school say for example if we all were able to begin on August the 3rd like normal if someone tests positive in a classroom or on a campus uh, there could be intermittent closures you know shutdowns sure. uh, throughout the, the the entire school year like exactly what happened to the summer workout program that's exactly right and so um, so that's what we're preparing for and so going virtual um, has a lot to do with that. So we, we, what we want to happen is it to be so smooth that if we if we have to shut down for 14 days or 10 days or three days or whatever the, the, the amount of time might be, that our teachers would just continue to teach, but our children, even at home, could pull up and be connected and have regular lessons. It would be much, 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 the, the scenario would be much more like a regular classroom setting, except they just wouldn't be together in the classroom. We had already... Uh, been looking at the virtual academy uh, back in the in the winter uh, because more and more we just see that parents they want they want to be part of public school but they but they also want to have some choice um, there are all kinds of scenarios out there so we 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 decided that that was a good way for us to go honestly before we ever knew anything about about covid as it's turned out the Virtual Academy, uh, we've just kicked it off. We're already having a, a tremendous response to that. So for now, it's for children, students grades 6 through 12. And the, the primary purpose is to, really, it's, to, it's to, to woo those kiddos back who didn't complete everything and try to help them finish a high school education so that that will help them in their future. So a great... Uh, person to jump in on the virtual academy is someone who dropped out in 11th or 12th grade didn't finish their degree here's a chance that you can do it from home we have some we have we'll have room for some of those we have um, kids who may have have finished who may have stopped and only needed a credit or two and so you know they wouldn't be full-time students and they wouldn't be students who would who would participate then and you know our extracurricular activities. That there there are varying levels of it. I suppose is, is the best way to describe it. But um, we have we have some some children who uh, whose parents have homeschooled them for a variety of reasons. Um, who would love you know in Texas you 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 really can't you can't participate in uh, public schools athletics or UIL events if you're in the homeschool situation. Right. But um, if you're part of the the virtual academy you are actually a student of Athens ISD and so that allows them the opportunity to participate in extracurricular activities which has been we've gotten a lot of positive response from that as well so uh, we're, we're we've had a lot of folks who have younger kids or who have reached out and said hey this this sounds like something we might be interested in and so we'll, we'll see how it goes and, and if it goes well there could be a possibility for expansion in the future but there definitely is an application process right and so it's not just a hey 
we want to do that. And our kids are already in Athens ISD. We just prefer to do that. But there's there there's a there's a there's a committee that meets and and looks over all those applications and and sort of looks at the the, the needs first, the most needy. So. What are you looking for in someone in, who goes into the virtual academy? Because it was my understanding that, I mean, you could, and, and it sounds like I had a misunderstanding, like you could almost do a blended education where I'm in classroom no, that's for a one or two classes and I'm at home for my other classes or I'm online for my other classes and then I go to football practice. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. That's oh, okay. a, that's also a, a possibility as well. But that's something that needs to be it We're, isn't like just check a box that's and I right. get that. That's right. It okay. go it'll go through a, a group of professionals with the counselor and and principals and our uh, Mrs. Ivy's our assistant superintendent of curriculum and instruction. So we didn't know how well how it would be received, but so far, uh, you know, we've had good response. So I've been sitting here trying to remember the cliche, and I cannot remember the cliche, but it is um, need is the mother of invention. What is it that's the mother of invention? Ne- necessity. Necessity. Yeah. necessity is the mother of invention. Thank you very much. Yes, and that's what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point in time, you know, you're forced to reevaluate and change what it means to educate. Yes, and you know, they, the, the old adage for years has been education in the country is always decades behind every other industry because it's typically it costs lots of money to fund. Sure. Uh, you know, technology and, and virtual and Change all is of expensive. that. Oh, it's very expensive. The, the, just the infrastructure alone is expensive. But, um, Yes, you're absolutely right. So we were, we've, we've been forced into a situation where we're having to look at other ways for our kids to be successful. Oh right. Um, well, I'm really looking forward. I'm I'm really looking forward to to that. And I, I want to move on um, because, as we said, like, you guys have been really busy. <laughs> we have <laughs> like really busy, um, and and you rolled out. Um, a couple of big things that had to do, I think, with budgets. You talked uh, a little bit about the fact that this is your budget time. This is when you're going through all that. Um, and I know for those who are listening, um, Athens ISD actually does a pretty good job of having most of its budget stuff online. Yes, we do. But you can go to Athens okay. ISD website and you can look up the budget. You yes. can look up all the information that you want. Like everything is right there. If you want to know where your money is going, you can go to the website and directly find it. Look through it yourself. See the actual documents. That's 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 right. And and people, uh, I like to remind people. Our our chief financial officer is Randy Jones, and he's. So many people, uh, you know, love and respect him here in the community. He's an Athens guy, uh, and actually he and I started the same year, so he's been with the district 20 years as well. But he does a a phenomenal job of, um, I I call it, you know, fiscal conservative, you know, conservatism. He's great. And then the board, our board is the same way. But we've gotten, he's been recognized as our district has been for years um, in the financial integrity report that comes out of the state always gets the top uh, top rating on that so we're we're very proud of that we're sitting in a much better financial position than many districts are 
around us uh, throughout the state just because over the years we've done a, a good job of being conservative. Well, I know that anytime you get uh, at least three people in a room, <laughs> that there's going to be a disagreement. And so I know that um, I have listeners and readers who are going to disagree with um, how money is spent in public education. Sure. But I think it is very important to point out that what you can't disagree with is the transparency. Athens ISD posts the information on their website. You can come down here. You can get the information. It's all an open record. It's all an open book. If you want to, we can, we can debate all you want where the money's supposed true. to go. There's no hiding where the money is going. Absolutely none. And Mr. Jones has been known to, you know, if people catch him at the right time, he'll just sit down with them and answer their questions or I, talk to I them. have been lucky enough to be educated by Mr. Jones on uh, uh, education uh, budgets multiple times. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get into this then. Okay. Two of the things that really came out in the last week that, that have been talking points around the community, number one, free meals. Tell yeah. us about that program. That is a... Michael, that's a federal program. It's been around for a little while. Um, you know, we had seen and heard of, of a couple of other districts not really close to us, but but in the East Texas area over the last three or four years who, who were, had that option. We just, at that time, did not have that option. And so this year, what happened is um, we we went with a new food service contractor and um, when they were doing the transition, they came to us and said, we, we, we looked at your numbers and we, we believe that you could participate in this program. And it's, it's completely federally funded. It, it's a, our child nutrition budget is a whole separate budget from our local revenue. And so it has nothing, our local monies are not impacted at all, but um, it is a federal program. And so we, sure enough, when they ran the numbers, Unfortunately, it's, we're just living in a tough time when we got a lot of folks without work and, and you know, without the financial means they normally have. And so uh, our numbers hit, uh, according to their calculations, a level, a threshold that qualified our district to participate if we so chose to do that. And so this means exactly what? Well, it means that in the coming school year, every child that attends Athens schools, Athens ISD, from pre-K-3 all the way through seniors, will uh, be able to have uh, no-cost breakfast and lunch every day. Nice. So everybody comes in and, you know what, I got to think that this is a um, breath of relief for the school district just in trying to keep account of every student's account and, and that that moment of terror when some <laughs> kids account is dry because mom didn't put any money right. in it and how right. often do you let the kid go through right because i've seen that blow up in school district faces absolutely before. absolutely all right so everybody in the school district mm -hmm. breakfast and lunch for free that's right now it's there it's the basic which means which is good it's what they would normally get but if they wanted if children wanted you know an extra 
I want to get whatever. an extra milk. Yeah, extra milk, or you want an extra whatever dessert or whatever is available. Those would be those would be at their own cost. But but the basic uh, approved, well-rounded meal, breakfast and lunch is is available at no cost to all our students. One of the things you said because I've seen I have seen this even on my own um, sites is okay there's no such thing as a free meal that's right so like that money's coming out of our somewhere and but what i'm hearing you say is that that money's federal it is, it is not coming out of any of our local budgets that's correct so we all pay local taxes sure. county taxes state taxes in some way you know through sales tax or whatever and federal taxes so ultimately the taxpayer is paying it at the federal level but it's a it is a federal program, and so it is not coming out of any portion of our local school dollars here. The other thing is, um, I know that there are uh, there's a lot of uh, documentation, a lot of research that talks about the connection between whether a kid can learn or not, and whether they're getting fed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this is important on so many different levels. Well, it is, and you know. Educators, just this the heart that our teachers have. They, they know our children so well, their students. And, you know, we, we're always on the lookout for the, for the child that, you know, we're not quite sure they're getting enough to eat. And, and everyone has been very concerned during this shutdown that we had in the spring with how our children were, were making it, uh, you know, and eating. But if this, can, if this can ease that, if our kids know that every day they're going to have two really solid meals when they come to school, then uh, for me, that's that's the whole benefit. Yeah, there's it. a lot of kids where that's a really important thing. It, it, it really is. It's a surprise, I think, to some people in our community is just how many kids. I mean, this is a whole another interview, another whole another it talk. Is. But, um, you know, uh, there's a definition of food insecurity mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that. You know, no, we don't have, it, it might not be someone who is absolutely starving to death, but it is somebody whose whole world is um, shaped by the fact that they're not sure when they're going to eat the next time. That's exactly right. There's just not that guarantee when they leave on, when they leave school on Thursday afternoon or whatever day that is, right. there's not a guarantee that there'll be one, if much less two meals or three over the weekend. Right. I remember uh, I did a story. Uh, it was actually in Malakoff. I'm sure it's the same all over about the backpack bags where yes. they send them home and all. And um, th- there was not an application process. The, the teachers helped pick who it was. And the way they picked is they stood at the breakfast line on Monday. And they watched the kids who came through three and four times, mm-hmm. who the rest of the week only came through once. Mm-hmm. And they knew that kid hadn't eaten all weekend. eaten all weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, have, we definitely have to be attuned to our kids because so often they won't tell us. Yeah. All right, well, that's a great program. It is. I, it is. I, think that, like, I think it's a great program, and I'm going to say, as far as everything else goes, I, I am happy to have a few dollars of my tax dollars go towards that. I, I am as well, Michael. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about is another um, budget item, another finance item, and that's raises for the employees here at Athens ISD. Can you tell us about that? I'd be glad to. Um we try every year annually to look, we look every year because we, 
we're in competition for the best teachers and the best employees, like every other school district is. And it's often hard for us. Um, Tyler, we're not far from Tyler, and we're not far from the Metroplex, the Mesquite, Garlands areas, and even now, uh, Crandall and Kaufman, because they compete that way, uh, we're constantly in competition. And so we, we, we have to look. We, we're not able to pay what they can pay, but we have to at least stay competitive. What we do offer is um, our, our slower, more rural lifestyle in a great, a great community, which uh, I can talk all day about. I love our, our community. Um, and then our four-day calendar has been beneficial uh, in, in hiring. But all that being said, still people need to see raises whenever we are able to do that. And so um, if you'll recall last year um, at when the Texas legislature met, uh, passed House Bill 3, uh, there were many districts that, um, that gave significant salary increases around. And Athens chose to give a salary increase. And we, we just weren't certain because sometimes unfunded mandates are hidden uh, when the state passes laws. And so. No, wait a minute. Say it's not so. The Texas legislature <laughs> pass an unfunded mandate? Never. No. <laughs> they don't intend for it to be that way sometimes. But after, after the fact, that was a huge legislative session, and a lot came out of that it session. It certainly was. We're still living with, you know, trying to, to, to work our way through all that. But so we were cautious and, uh, and gave um, uh, a, a good standard raise. But then later in the fall, uh, we were able to to give what we called a House Bill three stipend. Right. If you recall, in November, when we realized that there would be some uh, some extra monies for the for the teachers. That, so, that that House Bill three was was a little bit, if I remember correctly, was was a little bit complicated because that was you had to use certain amount of money to bring everybody up to a certain step level. And if you were already at that step level, you used it a different way, and yes. then you were supposed to use X amount of it for teachers who had over 20 That's years. Correct. And so it was actually a lot more complicated, it was very complicated than just, hey, everybody's getting a raise. Yeah, and, and, and every district had to deal with it differently because, right. you know, we were already paying well above the statement. What the state did, there's a, st there's a minimum that uh, that teachers are to receive in right. the, in the state of Texas. So every uh, every district was different. We already paid well above the minimum. So when they raised the minimum, you know, we were like other districts. We had to make sure that that we wanted our people to get beyond the minimum, uh, and so we had to make sure we met all that. At any rate, we what's most beneficial the the House Bill three stipend was very well received and we were glad that we could do that but what's most beneficial for our staff is regular knowing that you know not a surprise occasionally but knowing that this is in my check a bonus uh, is nice or raise is better it's better it's better and and so um you know things have been so uncertain but but again when we when we took a look at everything we felt comfortable that we could offer our this, this is not just teachers because i know this this question has come in it's not just for teachers it's the entire staff will receive a three percent raise with the exception of our bus drivers and uh, last year we gave our bus driver drivers two raises and um, so that they're they're receiving a two percent increase um, but they also another a caveat for them when uh, I met with them, oh, several times last year, and one of the things they desired was to have their 
pay spread out over 12 months instead of they typically when school is over they they stop getting checks and so over the summer they don't have a check and so we felt that was that was something they wanted uh, and helped them feel a little more secure during the summer months and so uh, we we're, we're going to do that for them as well so they'll receive a two percent increase plus uh, spread, spread out, out over 12, 12 months, months so that to help them sure at, they can budget at, easier. that's right to help them at their request so yeah we're, we're pretty excited so um what's the importance now hey i uh my daughter is a teacher not here at athens isd she's a teacher and a coach at crossroads um so i am pro teacher i'm going to go ahead and admit that all of you listeners (laughs) who want to hear the bias i'm pro teacher my daughter's a teacher tell us about the importance of um trying to make sure that we maintain good teachers because i know there are some people who would say the state has issued a minimum we should pay the minimum in order to save money what would your response to that be you just can't you can't you can't retain the the most qualified teachers at, at the minimum and the minimum is very very low you know for example um I believe, and I can't quote you the exact number that it increased to, but at the time that the minimum was increased last year, a starting teacher's salary was twenty-seven or twenty-eight thousand. Well, nobody was paying that. Even in Athens, we were at forty. Right. Uh, and so you, you just you in this world you can't compete, and so you're going to lose your best folks to to larger districts that can that have a, a stronger tax base and can can pay. And the truth of the matter is that when it comes to teachers, talent matters. It, it absolutely matters. You know, the research is clear. A, a, a child that spends one year in the room of a teacher who's who's not um, as highly qualified or who does not know content as well, it's it's damaging, has long-term damaging effects. I'm pleased with, um, you know, over over some time we 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 work really hard uh, to to get the best quality teachers here and i'm really pleased with our with our teaching staff they do a great job people have no idea i know parents were very stressed at home and i'm appreciative of i and i i certainly sympathize with everything our parents went through during the spring because they had to become teacher and counselor and all those things but our teachers adapted so quickly to that it was impressive uh, and, and they, too, have had their own stresses because they were trying to manage their own children at their own homes while they were teaching others. But talent absolutely matters. So I know in my house when we were forced to go to um, doing schoolwork at home, um, my son almost immediately got expelled. Because <laughs> it was... I've heard that. Yeah, it was before bad. Before from other parents. It was, it was bad. The boy got expelled. The girl, the girl got detention. It was, it was really, it was really stressful uh-huh. there for a while. All right. Well, believe it or not, we've already been talking for thirty-five minutes. Wow. No. And it went so fast. yeah, um, I have about a hundred more questions. So yeah. hopefully, uh, we'll get a chance to come back. I know. Um, there's a lot of people really interested. There are a lot of things that go on. I think that um, people don't realize, I mean, you think of your school district, but I like to tell people all the time, Athens ISD is the biggest employer, serves more meals every day than any (laughs) restaurant in town, has more transportation any day than anybody in town, and I think has more facilities 
Possibly, yes. I hadn't when, thought about that. When you count all of the campuses, the administration building, the, the athletic fields, you cover more ground than anybody else in Athens, Texas. So, yeah, it's kind of an important thing. So I would love to be able to come back and talk to you about some of these questions. But thank you for letting us in today. Well, I, I appreciate it very much. We're, we're, we're learning more every day, so within two or three weeks, you know, we should have, have more to, to share, and the picture should become clearer. But we're working just, just uh, want our folks, our community, and our parents to have confidence that we are, we are working um, to develop um, strong plans for instructional delivery in the fall and, and, to, and to start school on August the 3rd. That's our current plan. All right, there you go, folks. We're going to finish off with right now. We are absolutely kind of hoping that (laughs) maybe the state will let us open August 3rd. Uh, And we will be with you between now and then if there's any changes. Dr. Sims, thank you for the time. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it.